Ladies and gentlemen, basketball fans across the world, welcome to another episode of the Basketball Podcast, the number one basketball history podcast on the Basketball Podcast Network, and we're number one because we're the only one. Jeremy Brenner here, and today is the beginning of All-Star Week here on the Basketball Podcast. We have All-Star Weekend coming in Atlanta this year, and Given that Atlanta is the host of the All-Star Game this year and the All-Star festivities, I felt that we needed some Atlanta-themed All-Star stories in here. And there's absolutely no better person to have on the show today than Andre Aldridge. He is the host of A Toast to the A-Town here on the Basketball Podcast Network. Andre, thank you so much for coming to the Basketball Podcast today. And how are you, my friend? I'm doing very well, Jeremy, and it's an honor to be here with you. And uh, oh, God, I'm going to uh, try to represent the A-Town here for you. But uh, you, it's, it's always good to listen to you, man, but even better to be here on with you today. For sure. Yeah, you know, when I talked to you and I asked you about uh, wanting to do some kind of podcast, I wanted to do one episode dedicated to Spud Webb, and I wanted to do one episode dedicated to Dominique. But then you're like, no, I got Spud coming on my show. So it's probably best that we don't double dip. And I'm like, okay, fair, fair. So go check that out. That's coming out soon, right? That's that. I ho- Hopefully that should be out uh, sometime next week. Look at, looking yeah. forward to that. And uh, it, it's so it's so funny because, you know, we all, the whole world looks to Spud as Spud, obviously. And and uh, anybody at 5'6 at, at that did what he did in the NBA, you're always going to feel attached to him no matter what. But I know him so well for me and to his family. He's Anthony and he's always Anthony. So mm-hmm. when I called and talked to him about the slam dunk and everything coming up, I was like, Anthony, he's like, I got you. Don't worry about it. I, I got mm-hmm. you there. So uh, definitely do that. But hey, the, the chance to talk about Dominique here a little bit. I, um, I obviously uh, traveled with the Hawks for, for a number, number of years and uh, on the Hawks charter uh, for the seven or eight years that, that, that I was traveling with them. Uh, the media is in the back and Dominique being an analyst. And and to me, it's interesting that for uh, Jeremy, for a certain generation of, of fans, you know, there's some youngsters that only know Dominique, you know, as the broadcaster. And mm-hmm. and obviously there's, there's YouTube and you go back and look at videos and all that. But it's, it's, it's not the same impact of having seen him play, having having known him as the player. But my seat on the plane for six or seven years was basically two rows in front of Dominique. So uh, in, in addition to me always running my mouth and, and, and trying to get all the answers to everything, um, just to hear him grumble about a little stuff. And, and you better believe that the uh, uh, 88 dunk contest has come up more than a few times. Or if I just want to get him going a little bit, I kind of bring up the, the 88 dunk contest. You found the button. You know yeah, where the, the button is. There's a when button. It comes yeah, exactly. To... Yeah. So we're taking the time traveling violation today to 1988. That is the furthest back that we've gone on the show so far. So I'm really excited that we get to explore an era that we haven't really touched on the show yet. Um, so we go into the 80s, right? Right. And we have this idea of the dunk contest. It came, it became popular through the ABA, through right. Dr. J. Right. And then when the ABA and the NBA merged, it took a little while for that idea to permeate in the NBA. Absolutely. And so I think at this point in history, the NBA dunk contest is only about, like, what, four or five years old at the time? Mm-hmm. So. And- and it's very different than the dunk contest that we see today, where it's no four guys and all the, the props and the gimmicks right. and all that. Like this, like I was watching the highlights before we came on. It, it's really just a strong display of athleticism, if anything. Not that today's isn't, but right. that's what it was mostly about. 
was just seeing these athletes be what they are best, which is athletic as all possible. And, and look, and in, in a sense, it's a little bit of a beauty contest and, and obviously maybe more of a beauty contest now than, than back then because it, it probably was a little bit more intense. And and the beauty of sports, sports is, is, you know, we can argue and talk about everything and uh, this was better and that was better. So arguably we can say the absolute best dunk, dunk contest was an ABA dunk contest, right? But mm-hmm. we kind of erased everything ABA once the merger had, okay, okay with that. Um if we want to go a few years before this, the 85 dunk contest that Dominique won and the finals were with um, um, Michael Jordan then, uh, they're in the finals, but also Dr. J is in the 85 contest. The 85 contest is in Indianapolis. And uh, one of the things about that is, you know, my my favorite basketball player of all time, even though I'm originally from Southern Cal and have a lot of Laker tie-ins, it's, it's Dr. J. And, and mm-hmm. some of that is generational, but it's just who the doctor was on, on so many levels. But that 85 dunk contest, Jeremy, was when even for somebody like me that worshiped Dr. J, um, you knew that the torch was being passed to yeah. the younger guys. And, and you're pulling for your guy. It's not that he's grandpa, but he's just He's not bringing what Dominique and, and Michael did. So that final in Indianapolis was was awesome. Dominique wins that. And um, we go there for, for 85. And, and, and because you bring up Spud, I, I just want to sprinkle Spud in here a little bit. Um, so Dominique is indeed the champion. And then the next year, the All-Stars in Dallas. Dallas happens to be the hometown of, 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 of Spud Webb. Doesn't mean anything when you're five six in the NBA trying to you know hey it could be in your backyard you're not mm-hmm. what are you even doing here oh they're being nice to him letting him in the contest the beauty for us for your podcast and maybe folks know this maybe maybe they don't um, so because Dominique's the defending champ you know everybody knows he's going to win Spud's in there because it's his hometown and they're just happy to you know he's just they're just they're they're throwing him a solid. Mm-hmm. So in, in Dominique's own own way, because you, you got to really understand that for all of the Georgia Bulldogs, for all of Atlanta, for a good part of the Southeast, everything revolves around Dominique. That's that's how great he was. And Dominique says to Spud, by the way, it's like, hey, man, have you. Uh, so you're in the dunk. You practice or anything for this? And Spud's like, no, no, I no, not at all. It's like, OK, so Dominique, who has love for his teammates and everything, Jeremy. You know, thinking the league's doing doing Spud a solid, and and the contest starts, and Spud is a ducking machine, and, and basically <laughs> Dominique is like, he's like, oh shit, what? what? <laughs> so after the contest, once it was, he's like, you told me you didn't you didn't practice. Yeah, I said that. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm in my hometown. Of course, I practice. So so that was so that was '86. That's why Dominique doesn't you know uh, Dominique doesn't win there. '87 Dominique is, is injured. He doesn't, you know, uh, it, he doesn't uh, participate in, and that gets us to '88, where mm-hmm. um, where it ends in in Chicago, where we're at right now. Yeah, and so when we get to when we look at the dunk contest today, mm-hmm. it seems like they try to just get as many of the freakish athletes. Yeah. It, it just, excuse me, the four mm-hmm. freakish athletes that they mm-hmm. possibly can find. Mm-hmm. But in the '80s, what I noticed is like. Clyde Drexler was in the contest every year. And Michael right. Jordan played right. multiple times. Dominique, Spud Webb, Spud Webb was also in the right. 88 contest. So is there like, you know, at this time in 88, this is kind of where I want this episode to kind of take shape. In 88, Dominique is with Atlanta. 
And through The Last Dance, we kind of know that Michael Jordan um, is, is who he is at the time. But the dunk contest, I feel like, has a sense of making things, for lack of a better word, cool. You know, so, like, Dominique has his, you know, version of success at this time. Obviously, MJ has not won a championship yet, so he's still kind of rising up. But between these two guys in this at this point in their career, what is their, like, perception in the league, if you will? Are are they, like, on the same level? Where is MJ compared to Dominique? Where, where do those two lie in terms of where they are against each other? Well, I, I say, I, I'll just add this, that... For, for someone who has covered the league since that time or over that period, mm-hmm. I can honestly say that uh, of all of the gazillion horrible things about COVID and, and, and the Rona, there are, there are no positives. It's not a genius to say that. Um, but if there's one little glimmer of something that happened that we didn't know as sports fans or whatever, it was everything we found out in the last dance with Michael. And that's yeah. for a lot of us that thought we knew a whole, whole lot. And, and the last dance gave us everything, feeling and stuff to where you're sitting there just, just riveted. So that being said, um, I'm in Southern Cal at that time. And during that time, you got to understand that um, Magic and Larry, let's make them Zeus and whoever Zeus is. You know mm-hmm. what? They're, I mean, they are Hercules. the two ultimate. They're, they're Zeus yeah. and Hercules, right. Mm-hmm. They are. It's one and two, and everything is below that. So maybe in Chicago and maybe in the Midwest, maybe they know from the jump what they have in Michael, and Michael's going to get us to this promised land. It's going to be there. But outside of that, it is magic, and it is Larry. Yeah. And when the if you and if you live in an East City where the East where in, in East City where the West team only comes once, or if you live in the West when the East only comes once, when the Celtics come to your town and you can hate them to your core, you're going to see them a because of the history and because you know they can whoop your team's ass and they got 33. So that really beyond all that sizzle, it's really about winning. Same thing with the Lakers. Showtime and the Flash and and all of this West Coast stuff and and magic, but guess what? They're probably going to whoop your team's ass. So for the entire '80s, other than uh, uh, the '82, '83 when uh, uh, um, Dominique came into the league, when Dr. J Sixers won the championship, the championship is only going to be Lakers or Celtics until the bad boys come in. And, and so, so I'm saying all that and that. If the ultimate is the 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 the, the goal the goal trophy at the end, and we obviously learn from Michael that that is the ultimate beyond the the individual awards, then you kind of understand why it's Magic, and it's Larry, and kind of nobody else is up there on that level. So with that being said, when the Atlanta Hawks come to your area, and and they weren't a winning team, uh, uh, Dominique's first few years, and Dominique's rookie year. Uh, first uh, uh, first time they the Hawks get into the playoffs, they lose to the Celtics. You know his his, his first time he's seen anything, so it's a green team. So Dominique is up there, but you go see Dominique because of the dunks, because of the excitement, because of the flair. His team might win. You don't get that same fear from Chicago with Michael. You're going mm-hmm. to you're going to see Michael. You're going to see this boy. That was unbelievable. Our team won, and we saw an unbelievable thing. So to me, that's where they are in 1988. So in a way, magic is is magic. Like I, I feel like even like there's no comparing magic. I feel like it's it's hard to do that. 
but in a sense, you're starting to see the dunk contest kind of be like this, this, what's the right word? They're on the card, yes, but they're a preliminary. Yes. And it's a stage of to show what the next era is, even though, you know, Dominique is in his prime at this point. Yes, sir. And, but Michael Jordan hasn't hit his prime yet. But the two of them, Dominique and Michael Jordan, what they share is the fact that they are just amazing to look at. Yes. And the things that they do, because you look at the dunks that they have in in the dunk contest there, you know, there are differences and we will discuss Mm -hmm. those probably in the next episode. But Mm -hmm. they they both have that same wow factor. No doubt. And there's this sense of, you know, if this is now, what's to come for not just these guys, but the future of the league. And I think what we've seen is this point in the dunk contest era, the history of the dunk contest, you have Dr. J, but now it's kind of, this is like the second phase where it's, it's Dominique, it's MJ, Spud Webb is also part of that as well. And, you know, as it goes on after that, we get Vince Carter. After that, we get, you know, down the line, Jason Richardson. After that, right. you know, and we move on to present day where we have, you know, Derek Jones. But mm-hmm. it's – and I'm not saying Derek Jones is on the same level as this, but right, right. it's – I guess I'm just referencing him as the reigning champion. I'm not even sure if he'll be in the next mm-hmm. all-star dunk contest, which is is weird because this year it's, it's, in, it's during halftime of the all-star game. Do you think that that might have like a, like, how do you think that's going to look? Cause it's, it's, usually like it's, it's in its nice little Saturday night bubble and it's the main event on Saturday night. But do you think that it loses a little bit of its star quality because it's kind of thrown in the middle of the game? I just, I, I just think the whole situation that we're in right now um, and for the league's best players who thought they were going to have time out, not that they are whining, they just thought that they were going to have some time out. Um, basically, this, I mean, what this season is, is sure, there's no Orlando bubble, mm-hmm. but the entire league's in a bubble. So for, how, and not that you've heard complaints or, or anything, but to me, it's just it's just the reality of what it is. So your your travel situation of going to work is night and day difference than it was. So yeah, we're not in Orlando, but when you go to the hotel, players, staff, everybody, you stay in your hotel room. Mm-hmm. You don't leave. You, you stay like there are some teams that were doing the ballroom or going to the ballroom for their meal or, or everything. Uh, a lot of them have opted to uh, um, just do the room service. But but it really is so different. So to me, the mindset that these great players had was, OK, over a three or four day period, we're going to rest. And the league is like, no, we're not. We're still going to have the All-Star game. But there's going to be no fans, just like everything else. Um, it it kind of it kind of puts a, a change on everything. We know that All Star has always been supposedly about the fans, you know. Um, and if anything is about the fans, it's absolutely the Saturday night, the three point shootout, mm-hmm. the, where you go to, to Bird putting his hands and finger in the air after the the ball goes. Just you know, the fans feed off of all of that. So fans not being a part of this because of the situation that we're in. Um, changes this whole changes this whole whole thing to me. And also, I guess now that we're kind of in present day, I do kind of want to stay here a little bit. Mm-hmm. But 
what does it mean to have so obviously the whole all-star game this year wasn't even supposed to be in atlanta right it was supposed to be in indianapolis i think yes (laughs) and they're using atlanta as kind of the stage to um to advocate for hbcus and and black charities Mm -hmm. what what does that mean for the city of atlanta to have that happen i mean given all of this obviously is happening under you know very inconvenient times but at least you know what does it mean for the city of atlanta to still have this recognition for this this charitable event to happen in their city and for its communities i'm sure i'm sure the schools uh uh, take it in a positive any 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 way that they can but living down here i gotta say even though it's on a bigger thing so this is something that the Atlanta Hawks do every year anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. it, it isn't like the schools are going like, Oh, well now, now the, you know, now the league wants to help us out. I, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that this is, this is something that the Hawks ownership group uh, or their current ownership group has, has made it a point to be uh, connected and invested in, in our city and, and have gone to the next level, whether it's HBCUs or whether it's, it's everything in the community. And, and, and they have been unbelievably strong, at that so but as far as all-star i mean look there there are some people who are have, look this isn't a news flash either but there are some folks who are going around like like COVID isn't out there that's part mm-hmm. of the whole deal there are a lot of folks in our city that feel the same way so there's i mean i i, I have driven by bars and and places that um are still packed that's just that's just what it is so the Party planners and the party promoters and stuff. Yeah, they they saw the memo that this isn't about the fans. You know what? They've already rented the tents out, and and so so there are going to be some things that are still going to be packed because All Star is mm-hmm. down here. So if all that's going on to me, um, then it is great that HBCUs and, and other events will be able to benefit uh, from the league have, having it down there. But my first thought was, you know, our our COVID our our COVID rates are still pretty high. Mm-hmm. As compared to the rest of the country, they're higher yeah, than also. they they're higher than they need to be. Great, yeah. thank you, thank you. Yes, yes, that's, that's, yes. there, there you go. go. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so let's kind of let's kind of drive this thing back on okay. track here. So mm-hmm. uh, to kind of set set the table for the second part of this, which will come out tomorrow. If you're listening to this on our usual Tuesday release for our Wednesday release for part two, so coming into '88. Dominique has Mike's the reigning champ. Mm-hmm. Dominique is a championship. Mm-hmm. What is, is it? Does this kind of feel like the rubber match between I, I, the two? Spud Webb's also in it too. So, mm-hmm. like, is he a part of this as well, or is it like for sure, like Dominique, MJ, you guys are the main event? I, 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 I think that uh, obviously for the folks in Chicago and, and Bulls fans, they, they, they absolutely thought it was him, but uh, I, I think as a, uh, uninterested observer in the fact that I'm a magic guy at that time mm-hmm. uh, and that magic's not in slam dunk. So I'm like, uh, people were selling Clyde Drexler short and uh, there might be warrior fans. I thought, Hey, they're, there's, they're selling Otis Smith short too. So, so I think there are guys in there that had the opportunity to, you know, surprise some folks and get into the finals. The thing to me was um, the first round or, 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 or the, uh, first round of the semifinals when there's still four dunkers left and the crowd kind of didn't think the, the the judges were good for Michael's score 
and Dominique had an absolute 50 dunk. Mm-hmm. And it was like 47 or 48. As as Nick has told me, you know, you you as you have to block out that okay, uh something's not quite right here. Or you know what they and I'm not saying the yeah. fix is in, but it's like, you know, it's like it's like a uh, 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 Sugar Ray Leonard and, and Roberto Duran, you know, it's once Ray Charles is, is singing the, the national anthem, you know, Hands of Stone has another, you know what? Might not be my night. I'm not afraid of anything or anybody on earth, but guess what? I there's should might not, not be for me tonight. This just might not be my night. So the first, the scores, even though Dominique got to the finals, the scores, and if you watch his dunks in the semis, the scores that he got thin, um, I think there was a feeling that uh, um, I might have some problems, and still he executed unbelievably. And the mm-hmm. other part, as you were alluding to, you talk about the competition. Um, these guys are sitting right next to each other. I mean, they're competitive, yeah. but they're like, like Nick is sitting next to Michael and Mike and Clyde, and they are all right. This isn't like, okay, now you go to your corner. No, you, the guy you're competing with is sitting two inches away from you. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the beauty of the whole thing is, is like, I guess, I guess football is also kind of roped into this too. But with, like, if you're playing baseball, like you're, you're not indirect, like you can't touch the guy. Right. But in, in a basketball or in a football setting, you, you get you get right you get right a great Absolutely. chance to like Absolutely. just stare them down. Absolutely. And to it, the intimidation factor is there too. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good place to park for now. But mm-hmm. if you have not, you know, seen the 88 dunk contest or it's been a while, right. this is a good opportunity before you listen to our next episode to go watch it. And, I think, and, and, and Jeremy, I would say yeah. not the not the condensed ESPN version. Although my, no. my boy John Butchergrass and, and, and <laughs> I forget who else would do a fine job on that two minute clip. But I mean the whole the maybe whole, it's a twenty minute clip with yeah. Steve Jones and 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 uh, 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 Rick uh, Rick Barry. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, in in part two, maybe I can bring in a, a, a Brent Berry. You know, I'm going to say the Brent Berry because it'll fit in uh, uh, to that too. But yes. another cliffhanger right there. So, look, if you can if you can listen to all our entire podcast, you can watch the '88 Dunk Contest, and that I think will give you more of a a fuller view of this of this story, if you will, because it's a great story. It's it's I think it's out of the out of the several ones that we've done so far. I think this is one of the most fascinating because it's a little bit it, – it's very different from anything that I've done so far. Okay. And mm-hmm. very it, – it's it's fun. It, there's, there's a funness to it. <laughs> Absolutely. And, but there's a lot of drama involved and a lot of controversy involved. It's just – it's got everything in it. So we're just going to leave you hanging. We're going to leave you hanging right here. Thank you so much for tuning in to part one of All-Star in Atlanta Week with myself and Andre Aldridge, who hosts the A Toast to the A-Town podcast here on the Basketball Podcast Network. Andre, feel free to drop your Twitter handle uh, to the to the, to the the listeners It is and uh, anything else you're Vos, working on. Vos, Vosroy, uh, V-O-C-E-R-O-Y, uh, or Volce if you want to go South America. Vos- South, yeah, 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 at Vosroy. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow Andre at Vosroy. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. You can also follow Basketball on Twitter at P-A-S-T-K-E-T Ball. And you can follow the Basketball Podcast Network mm-hmm. on Twitter and Instagram at HoopsPodNet. I'm also planning on starting this new series at basketball and i'm going to incorporate nba 2k 
and we're going to hopefully get to a time in history where we have rosters that have been made by by users in the game and we're going to start from i think like 2000 and we're just going to let the game do its work and see what changes between the real timeline and the 2k timeline and i think it's a very unique project uh it's coming soon so keep an eye out for that but thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of basketball and until next time rewind and be kind